Welcome to In Your Face Sports, a podcast that cuts right through the mud and the muck and tells you how it is. Your host, James Bills, is a 23-year coach, professional sports scout, and ex-athlete that has been involved with college and pro placement of thousands of players in the last 23 years. As a partner in a sports management company, Coach James has worked with some of the biggest athletes in the world. Enjoy his takes on sports, or not. Either way, he is willing to tell you it. And now, in your face, sports. Usually when I come on here and with my podcast, I talk about something that irks me that's going on in the sports world. Um, anything from select baseball to um, pro sports, MLB, NFL, just anything in general. At this point tonight, I want to come to... Some of you athletes that are not the same as it used to be. And what I mean by that is y'all are in a different generation. A lot of you young kids coming up, 13, 14, 16, 19, you kids are in a different world than what we were growing up. When, when we grew up, we didn't have the internet. We didn't have the multiple uh opportunities to be in front of college and pro pro uh, scouts and definitely didn't have the radar guns going all the time um you know it was it was an expensive type situation to be in front of a radar gun back then and it was very very rare and uh you know the velocity wasn't what always sold um you know really if you could pitch it helped um nowadays you can throw 95 96 and not hit the broad side of a barn and you'll end up having an opportunity to play pro ball down the line somewhere. Um, it's frustrating now. As a scout sitting in the bleachers and watching the game and watching players, it's obvious that some of these kids with this talent don't work as hard as they should. And, you know, there's a lot of good coaches out there that, came up when I did and and, uh, and and later, or earlier, sorry, earlier. There's a lot of good coaches that came up that they knew how to get a lot of talent out of a player. But a lot of those players didn't know how to continue carrying that talent as they went on. Now, don't get me wrong, a lot of them still played. Um, but the work ethics weren't there. You know, the partying, the gambling, the, the uh, you know, the drinking, the... Uh, the drugs and all that type of stuff, it, it reared up. And eventually it hurt those guys' careers or opportunities down the road. But nowadays, a lot of these athletes, they don't work as hard as they should. They don't strive to be a badass like they should. They're just badass enough to be better than the guy beside them. And they are just accepting that that's all they are. They don't know that there's a guy that's sitting at the top that will make them look as worse as the worst kid on the team that they're currently on. And it it's very frustrating to watch some of these kids that their work ethics are show up, grab a glove, go out to the field, half-ass stretch, throw a baseball 10, 20 times, working out to the fence, you know, throwing as far as you can, 
the guy in the outfield runs back in, they're warm, ready to go. That's what they claim. And as a coach, one of the things I don't do is micromanage every little thing of the workout, the the the, the uh, pre-game or pre-practice, and watching them. Now, I'll bring them together all the time and tell them, "Hey." Here's what I recognize. This is what I saw. This is why so-and-so's arm hurts. This is why you're not stretched enough. This is why you only throw three innings. And you're already sore by the fourth inning. And you can't throw any further, any longer than that. This is why your first two balls you threw across from third to first, you didn't know where they were going. You just let them go, and they went over the first baseman's head. There's all kinds of different reasons why. Your arm didn't work the way it's supposed to today, but the number one reason why is because your work ethics, when they got out here, was the laziest shit I've ever seen in my life. And what happens is, is these particular guys that I'm talking about usually are your six foot plus guys. They throw hard, upper 80s, or, you know, throw harder than most of the kids that are out there. They always have. They've always been bigger than other kids out there. They got parents that are that are, and I don't say what it is, are bullheaded and think that their kid's the best damn thing since sliced bread. But if you ask that kid who Nolan Ryan is, they might be able to tell you that he was a pitcher, or you know he played for the Rangers, or maybe the Astros. But they couldn't tell you that who Nolan Ryan actually is. They couldn't tell you about his twenty-seven years in the big leagues. They couldn't tell you about his five thousand four hundred uh, five thousand seven hundred fourteen strikeouts. They couldn't tell you about his fifty-two major league records and how twice he struck out the side in nine innings. They can't tell you about Roger Clemens and how he played for twenty-four years and how he had over four thousand strikeouts. They can't tell you his. They can't tell you that his nickname was the the. Uh, the rocket. They can't tell you that Nolan Ryan's nickname was the Express. They can't tell you who Doc Gooden is. They can't tell you who who Kerry uh, Woods is. They can't tell you who um, which which Kerry Woods brought up because Kerry Wood is someone that was one of the starting fads in the inverted type pitchers that would that had Tommy John surgery. So that's why I bring his name up, and it has to be something that's taught to these kids because it's a it's a in proper pitching mechanics that's taught with breaking with the thumbs down now and a lot of these people follow that type of stuff they can't tell you that they can't tell you uh who uh you know walter johnson is they can't tell you who jr richards was they can't tell you who andy pettit was they can't tell you who randy johnson was greg maddox they don't know these guys they have no clue because they don't study these guys one of the first things i do with my teams all the time is i tell them go watch baseball with ken burns that's a it's a movie it's a it's a nine series movie called baseball with ken burns and it tells you the history of the game most of these kids don't even know that the game started in the 1800s they have no clue that the game started in the 1800s they 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 don't know about the dirty ball error they don't know about uh, any of that type of stuff. They might can tell you if you said who Babe Ruth was, they said the name Babe Ruth, they might say they've heard about him before. They don't know that Ty Cobbs was a 471 career hitter. They don't know that, I mean, a 371 career hitter. They don't know that Ted Williams is the last man about 400. There's a lot of these things out there that these guys do not know, period. And so what that does is it nullifies a game as far as I'm concerned. These guys are not training. These guys are not studying the game. If you ask them who their favorite players are now, they have to go look it up. 
They can tell you, you know, if you ask them who Mike Trout is, they can probably tell you who Mike Trout, that they know who Mike Trout is. They can probably tell you, you know, maybe bring up Alex Rodriguez with the steroid scandal. They can't tell you the fact that he hit, you know, 600 home runs, um, you know, almost 700 home runs. They can't tell you that they because they don't understand that side of the game. They can't tell you, you know, uh, you know, do, do they run – uh, shifts in the major leagues. Most of them, if you ask them when the last time was that they went and watched a ball game, most of them would say they, they haven't been in a long time. If you say, how many have you gone to in a year? They might say two. Uh, how many of you watched on TV? A lot of them say five. But if you say, do you know how many games there are in a regular season? No one can tell you there's 162 games in a regular season. Nobody can tell you these type of things, okay? They can't They can't tell you how many games are in the playoffs. They can't even tell you when it starts most of the time, all right? And so this becomes this major, major factor um, in the game now. So why well, I say all this because this, your motivation, your motivation has to come from your talent. Follow me here. Okay? Your motivation has to come from your talent. I I don't think you understand me. If I knew that... I could be the best all time. If someone told me you could be the best all time, I would look up who the best all time is and then I would see what I need to do to be the best all time. Are you following me? Okay, so your motivation has to come from your talent. Yes, everybody always says, all people always say, you can do whatever you want to do. Okay? You you can do all things through God who strengthens you. Okay? You can be the best. Obviously, everybody says you can do whatever you're going to do. But I, I got something to tell you. There's not many five foot two guys playing in the the NBA, okay? So we have to be realistic. We have to be realistic, right? Okay? If you don't read very well, you probably aren't going to be the best news anchor having to read a teleprompter. Now, what you can do is you can get with somebody in Learn how to read better. If that's what you want to do, you can work hard to be that person. Although that's not a sport, it is something in life that you have to do. But let's talk about the sport side of it. If I want to be a star wide receiver in the NFL, and I'm right at six foot, for me to be that star wide receiver, I have to be able to run pretty fast. And the best time I ran in, in high school on a 40 was a 4.8, okay? And in, my college, in college, I ran a 4.7, but I ran a 4.8, okay? There aren't many 
six-foot wide receivers that are in the NFL running a 4-8. You follow me? So I have to try to get better. But what I can tell you is I didn't focus on being that. That wasn't my goal. If somebody would have told me, hey, man, you got great hands, you run great routes, you have a great opportunity to be the best wide receiver of all time. The first thing I would do is say, who do I have in my family that genetically could have put me in this situation? Because now i got to see how good were they. How hard did they work? If they worked as hard as they possibly could, and they weren't that much better than what I am at that point, then maybe I'm not going to get much better. But if they were better than me, maybe I can work harder and, and be better than them, which already starts putting me closer towards being the best of all time. Okay? If I'm five foot nine and throw 87 miles an hour, I'm probably not going to throw 99 to 100 miles an hour one day. Okay? Maybe maybe one inning. But I'm probably not. It's going to it's going to debate it's going to be based on my age, my size, right? But that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that you can't play that position. It doesn't mean that you can't be better than those other people at that height. Follow me. Five foot seven, five foot eight, five foot nine, and there's other guys that are throwing harder than you, but you feel like you could be better than them and work your ass off to be better than them. Okay? You are going to be motivated by your talent. If you feel that your talent can is already better than everybody else around you, then you have to figure out how to be the best with that talent. Okay? You have to be the best with that talent. Right? Let, let, let's, let's, let's talk about this. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go two different routes with this. Okay? First, I'm going to do bib, uh, biblical. All right, we're going to talk the Bible here. Matthew 5, 14 and 16 says, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Okay? That's saying right there that we all... Recognize if you have the talent and we're going to push you. We want everybody to see your talent. You need to glorify your talent and step it up and shine as bright as you possibly can. Okay? Matthew 6, 1, 4 says, Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give the needy to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Okay? 
And you can be biblical with that or not biblical with that. The fact of the matter is, is that when you shine brighter than everybody else, you don't come back with it and tell everybody that you're better than everybody else. You don't look for the accolades. You don't look for the newspaper articles. You don't look for the trophies. You don't look for everything that's going to have the high fives involved with it telling you that you're better than everybody else. That's not what you look for. What you do is you use that talent. You use what the good Lord gave you and you go out in the world and you conquer with it and you become the best at it. And if you use that talent to motivate you to be the best at it, then what you can do is you can shine as bright as you possibly can. And what you don't do is turn around and buy the big mansions and houses and stuff like that. You make sure that you give back to those that are around you and you use your talent to help others and be better in life. It does not mean don't buy a nice car. It does not mean not to buy a nice house. It does not mean to take care of the things with the, the rewards that you get from it. But what it does mean is do not let your rewards shine brighter than your talent. Your talent is what you should be out there shining with. Use that talent to grow, become bigger, stronger, faster, be that one person that in the very end, everybody says he was the greatest of all time. But what you don't want to do is turn around and tell people that you were the greatest of all time. What you want to do is you want to keep working until you can't work any harder. And if you're the greatest of all time, continue passing that to where that now there's no question that you're the greatest of all time. Now, I'm going to go back to, we did the biblical. We talked about the biblical. Now, let's talk about, let's say that you're, you're, you don't believe in the Bible. Let's say you believe in evolution. Survival of the fittest means that the lions win more often than not. The biggest, greatest lion out there wins more often than not. And y'all can, there's people that can sit here and say, well, they, you know, they shine with a bigger uh, collar. They get, they, they flare their collar bigger, their, their, uh, their mame. Um, you know, the, the baboons, they're shinier the, in certain areas. And there's different the birds that shine with bigger feathers and things of that nature to show how much bigger they are. Bucks and deer ha uh, have bigger antlers and, but the truth is, is that it's because of their talent, not their egos. They don't have egos. They are animals. Follow me here. They're animals. They don't think like you and I. They don't have egos. But they walk this land tougher than everybody, everything else around them. And they have the talent. They have to have the talent. They have to have more talent than the other one beside them in order to survive. Follow me. In order to survive. Listen, I'm not talking about a trophy. I'm talking about death. I'm talking about 
in order to go home to the tree that they live in that night, to the to the hillside where they have a cave that they sleep in as a bear, to the anywhere after they have to show their talent to be able to be the toughest, biggest, baddest mamma jamma out there. Okay, they have to shine as bright as they can with their talent. They have to survive. So, regardless of which way you go, Bible or evolution, there's talent. The talent that you are born with is what you should always go out there and work hard to perfect and be the best at whatever that talent is. I don't care if it's knife throwing. I don't care if it's ring toss. I don't care if it's horseshoes. If it's something that you're better than everybody else and it's something that you want to pursue, use that talent to motivate you to be the best that you possibly can be or the best the best of all time. Don't walk out the door one day hanging your head and say, I'm just not going to be as good as that guy. I'm just, just not going to be as good as that guy is. If it's something that, honestly, you know your talent is only mediocre in. Okay, follow, follow, follow me. I'm not a fast runner. I wouldn't wake up when I was 18 years old and think, today I'm going to go out and beat Usain Bolt. I, I never thought that. I, I mean, I'm pretty confident he, I, I wouldn't have beat him on a bicycle. But I never walked out the door and thought about that. But what I did think about was being the best at particular now, what I wanted to do then was be a coach and be successful. And my talent is grabbing kids and teaching them, this is what you got to do in life. This is where we go in life. I don't have to teach you how to use a baseball bat. Listen to me. I don't have to teach a kid how to use a baseball bat. All I need to do is teach that kid how to time to a baseball when it's coming. What? How, how does that even work? That don't make any sense. Because so many people out there are into the financial side of this. Listen to me, folks. So many people are out there into the financial side. Their mindset is, I want to be the best at making money. Oh, that's great. But what you lose when you think that way is you lose what we talked about earlier. You lose the fact that you're trying to help people grow. All right. And that talent that that kid has, you give him a false sense of what he's supposed to be doing and you change it. Okay. And, and. 
Well, when you change that kid's directions, you don't let him's body work the way that it's supposed to. He can't use all the talent that he's supposed to. All right. Let's let's talk about this. Usain Bolt probably never had many track coaches in his life. In fact, he has said, I just get up and run. That's what he does. Okay. Barry Bonds grew up around baseball. He grew up around Willie Mays. He grew up around his dad. While they were growing up, while he was growing up, there wasn't many people teaching how to swing a bat. They were teaching hit the ball, get reps. In fact, guys like Mickey Mantle were known for not taking extra reps, but going to the bar afterwards and getting drunk. Okay? My point to that is, is that those guys had major talent. Nolan Ryan was never taught how to pitch. In fact, Nolan Ryan wanted to go play basketball at Indiana, and a lot of people don't know that. He was a great basketball player in high school. But because he threw so hard and hardly ever knew where it went, it scared people in the box, and he struck a lot of guys out all the time. He didn't change that. He perfected it a little bit as he went so that he could learn how to throw more strikes. But he didn't purposely change that. What he did was he created a procedure year after year to stay in shape, to get to take his talent that he had, which was some of the greatest talent to ever step foot on the field. He took that talent and he motivated himself with it to be the best that there was. In fact, he always wanted to be there the following year. And that was another thing. He always wanted to be there the following year. And he told me one time that he never thought of major league baseball as a career, that the jobs that his sons have are is a career, but he never thought of Major League Baseball as a career because back then the life expectancy in the major leagues was four years. And he went on to play 27 because he was a guy that wanted to be the best of all time. He didn't want to walk out and get into the highest dollar pickup truck. He didn't want to go to the 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 uh, field and hang out with the girls. He didn't want to go to the bars afterwards. He got was very well known for when he would get off of the mound, he had a workout routine where he would go to the in the back room into the to tunnel and get on a bicycle and ride a stationary bicycle to keep his legs going, to keep his blood flowing. He had a workout plan and all kinds of stuff. He was very motivated on being the best of all time. Okay? Everyone can tell you all the time, you want to be good, you got to work hard at it. That's true. That's true in anything. That's why we have a system in place in school to where you learn how to write your letters in kindergarten. You learn how to write your numbers. And then you start each year adding, learning how to add, how to subtract, how to divide, how to multiply. You start learning geometry, trigonometry. You start learning all these different things in your math system. 
And it's about each year about your mind learning and growing and getting bigger and stronger and better about what you're doing. I hate it, math. I hate it, math. I absolutely despise math because early on, I was the guy in first and second and third grade that when I would go to the to the the uh, chalkboard, I don't know if a lot of kids know what that is anymore, but when I'd go to the chalkboard, we would do math races, and I could solve a problem faster than anybody in the room. I was the best at it. I was not the pocket protector, tape on my glasses type kid either. I was the bully type, punk kid that always got in trouble. And I caught quite a few times, had a board wrapped across my ass. And I was that kid. I was that kid that was very, very smart, but was a very, very not motivated kid. Okay. And so, but I was talented. And if I would have stayed with that mindset going on through, I would have been great later on in math. But there became a point to where I was so cocky about I'll do it later. I'll do it 10, sec- 10 minutes before class starts. And then I'll go in and try to scratch my homework down. And because I didn't do it the night before and learn it right and would turn it in wrong, I would fail it. And then because I didn't study it right, the next chapter in that book would put me further and further behind. And it wasn't long. I was six feet under and they were throwing dirt on me. And by the time I was in high school, I had no clue what I was doing. Even though I took pre-algebra in seventh grade, I was having to take algebra again in ninth grade because I was so far behind on it. And my point to that is it's about talent. I had the talent young when I was young. Okay. Now, truth hurts me. And when I talk to you about this, You have to know that one of the real truths about this is I was there. I threw 90 miles an hour my senior year in high school. I was a 6-foot, 210-pound, behemoth, mean bastard, man. I was mean as hell. I I loved football, basketball, track, baseball. I, I was the guy on the football team that everybody would tell you. That I headhunt people. I would want to rip people's heads off. I was fighting on the field. I I was mean. As mean as all get out. Like hateful mean. Step on hands and fingers and whatever. When I was walking back to huddles. I was just freaking mean. But I was not motivated. I didn't use the talent that I had. And if I would have used the talent that I had. To motivate me to be the best. There would have been, I, I, honestly, what I'm doing right now, I would be better at. And the reason why I would be better at it is not because I know how to use it. It would be because I would have a bigger platform. Follow me there. I would have a bigger platform. More people would want to listen to me because more people would know who the hell I am. I think the ignorance that I had helped in where I'm at in life as a coach. The motivation, it it gives me drive because 
where I'm at talent-wise now has a lot to do with failures over and over and over. That makes me a better coach for the simple fact of I can tell you where I've been and where you don't want to be. And I've had multiple kids come through that have been in that situation. They're still friends of mine now. Some of them have it, still have issues down the road when they're in their mid-20s. Some of them have ended up in, in some tough, very tough situations. But the, the miles and miles of kids that we've put in college, 400-plus kids in college, multiple, 30, 40 kids in the pros, multiple players that have gone on to be high school coaches, college coaches, just, uh, you know, at the highest levels, some of the best people that are out there, we've had, I've, I've personally had impacts on and been around, and it, it, a lot of it has to do with I try to perfect the talent that I have. Every day I get up and I learn to push harder because I know that if I made the impact on three kids last week, but I could have made it on five, I didn't push my, myself hard enough to use the talent I have to make those kids better, those other two kids better. So now I do it harder. I try harder to be better, to use the talent I have to be the best. Okay? You as an athlete, have to get up every morning and strive to be better than the athlete the day before. And the way you do that is you have to realize that one day there will be a peak. This is the cold, hard, freaking truth. There will be a peak one day. There will be a day that you will walk outside and all the box jumps you did, all the running you did, all the squats you did, all the lifting that you did, everything that you've done as hard as you can, every little detail that people have told you to do to break through uh, uh, that ice, Everything that you possibly could have done repeats itself at the highest level for a second day. That 37-inch vertical is now again a 37-inch vertical. And the next day, it's a 37-inch vertical. And the next day, it's a 37-inch vertical. And you remember the days that you walked out that door and you pushed from 33 to 33 and a quarter, from 33 and a quarter to 34. 
And every week and every month, you strive to work harder and harder and harder to find that 37-inch vertical. And then you hit that plateau. And that plateau you hit constantly over and over and over, and there's no breakthrough. And you will know if you've used your talent to motivate you at that point. Because what you'll say is, I never wasted one day of my entire freaking life to be the best. That's the day that you can look in the mirror and say, I will never, ever, never, ever be told that I can be stopped. But I know that I worked my ass off to get to the point to where I can't go no more. Okay? No one can tell you. I People can tell you that they, you can't go no further. Those people don't need a, a plate at the table. The people at the table that tell you nonstop that you're the best and that you can be better or, or that you're going to be the best or you can make it. Those people, you always want them around you. Okay? There are going to be some people in your life that you're going to feel like, I cannot please this guy. Every time I walk up to him, hey man, I had a 36 inch vertical vertical yesterday. That's pretty good. You're getting better and better. You'll have one day you'll get to your top level. And that guy, you'll go, man, 36 inch vertical. I'm better than anybody else in my class. I'm better than, there's nobody else around me that has a 36 inch vertical. Why, why does he keep telling me that I can do better? Why don't he give me real credit? Those guys you need in your life. The guy that tells you 36 inch vertical sucks. You don't need that guy. The guy that tells you it's pretty good, but you can do better. You need that guy because that's who you should be. You should be that guy. You should be that guy every damn morning you get up to walk out that door. You know that you have the talent to have a 37-inch vertical. You know that it's possible. And when you finally reach that vertical, if you say, I didn't skip not one freaking day in my life, to try to get to the best I can, then you you can look yourself in the mirror and say, I'm freaking proud of you. I'm freaking proud of you. You busted your ass to get to where this is right now. And that day might come at 23. That day might come at 27. I personally bench pressed 315 pounds a year ago, a little over a year ago. That's my max. I've never... I, 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 I always wanted to do 300 pounds. I did 315 a year ago. And I squat-wise was stupid numbers. My motivation was not that I feel like I have the talent. 
my motivation was I had the talent and I never pushed myself hard enough. So last year, at 42 years old, I told myself, you're going to get the best you can right now. And you're going to bust your ass right now. And you're going to wake up one day and you're going to say, today I'm doing 300. And I did. I did 305. I did 310. And I did 315. And you have to set your goals, obviously. Everybody says you got to set your goals. That's true. But why would you set a goal if you feel like you can be better than the best there is? That's a goal, being the best, better than the best there is. But don't set hard numbers. Go be better than the last day that you're the best. Follow that. Be better than the last day that you were the best. So if I did three 36-inch vertical and I go out and do 30, 36 and a quarter, I'm a quarter inch better than the day I was before. I want to be the I want to take my talent and drive me to be the best. And if I cap out before I get to the best that there is, but I can look myself in the mirror and say that I've busted my ass to get to this point, then there ain't nothing anybody can tell you, including yourself, that you've done wrong. But when you're 42 and you go in the weight room and you're pushing yourself every day and you realize how hard it is, how tough it is, how much work it is, how you wasted so many days, how far along you could have been at that point already to be there. You're going to look back on yourself and you're going to say, damn, why did I waste so much time in my life? Why was I at the party why did I drink so much? Why did I smoke so much? Why did I do those drugs? Why did I hang out with those three losers that two of them are in jail and one of them is dead now? Why did I not see the talent that I had that God gave me, that I was born with, that I had years and years of of a generation evolve, you know, out of out of great athlete put out great athletes why did i not use my talent and strive to make it the best that it possibly could be you guys have to find that in your heart you have to find it in the will you have to find it and if you can't then that job one day that you're working at, you're not going to be the best at. Your family, when you go to work one day and you don't want to be there, but you know that you need those four extra hours because you need that extra $70 on your check because you know that you need formula for your kids or you need diapers for the next week or you was $35 short the week before, to keep your light bill on and that you know that you have to have that the following week, that motivation won't be there for you to stay there and make those extra hours. And slowly but surely, 
you're going to start digging that hole. And it won't be long they'll be throwing dirt on your casket. You have to find the motivation in your life now by using your talent, taking your talent and motivating it, motivating yourself with your talent to be the best. Love your neighbors. Love your family. Love everyone around you like you would like to be loved. Treat your coaches well, good or bad. There's some tough coaches out there, guys. There's some mean-ass dudes out there <coughs> that, I'll be honest with you, probably, I'm going to say probably shouldn't be coaches. But they that's what they do. That's their life. And there's some of them out there that are great guys. There's guys out there that run circles around me as a coach on the field. There's guys that run circle around me as a motivator on the field. And they drive me to take the talent that I have and be better. And you guys have to find that in you. You have to find your talent, know what your talent is, and then use it to motivate yourself to be the best that, that you can be. Thanks for uh, uh, for listening in to In Your Face Sports. And, um, you know, share this with, with your friends, kids, family, whatever. And, um, you know, keep your head up, keep rocking, and I hope to see you on the the, the big level one day.